0: This podcast is sponsored by Agape Match. Agape Match is a boutique matchmaking service that caters to exceptional singles. To learn more about how I can help you, go to agapematch.com. Welcome to Ask a Matchmaker. I'm your host, Matchmaker Maria. For over a decade, I have combined Four generations of family matchmaking tradition with modern relationship psychology, behavioral science, and dating trends. With this unique expertise, each week I bring a guest on to talk about dating and relationships while answering your questions. You can ask a 60-second audio question by visiting askamatchmaker.com. It literally takes... Just one minute. Before I introduce my next guest, I have a few announcements. For those interested in our group coaching intensive, November sold out, December still has a few spots left. I had mentioned last week uh, that December is Australian friendly. What does that mean? Well, a few of the Australian listeners were complaining that the times I have for group coaching is, you know, three in the morning in Australia. So we asked them, okay, well, what times make sense for you? And it's actually quite simple. It's 6 to 9 p.m. Eastern time, which means it's 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. in Australia. So December 1st, 2nd, and 3rd, 6 to 9 p.m. for anyone, and uh, you know, that's an Eastern time. And in Australia, it's December 2nd, 3rd, and 4th from 9 a.m to 12 p.m. I cannot believe (laughs) that this is my life that we're talking about Australian time zones but hey that's pretty cool from down under well that's a horrible accent Australian accent please don't at me I know anyway spaces are limited we'll be releasing January dates next week What is group coaching intensive? It's pretty simple. You are in a group with 11 other women and we talk about compatibility. We talk about chemistry and we talk about how to reverse engineer your search to finding the person. Now, if you're a guy listening to this, we do one-on-one and we can always talk, just, you know, give us a ring and let's talk about it. Another announcement I have is about TikTok. Now, today's guest is a TikTok star. However, let's talk about my TikTok for a second. It's very interesting to get your TikTok submissions the last couple of weeks. I'll keep doing that. I feel like I have found how I'm supposed to do it. For those asking how to submit your online dating profile for me to critique publicly, it's pretty simple. You just video record your screen as you scroll through your online dating profile, and then you just shoot it to me over my DMs on Instagram pretty simple. And now if you're experiencing dating fatigue, or you don't want me to critique you publicly, and you just want to do it privately, hire my team. You have two options. We can do a one hour consultation and redo your entire profile, or we can pretend to be you. Erica at the Agape Beach team, she's a genius. She's a pun champion who knows words and how to use those words to get you out on dates. In fact, just this past week, two of our clients have entered relationships within a few weeks of working with us and their partners don't know that someone else was riding the ship. Who cares? It's like taking an Uber. doesn't matter who got you there. The mat- What matters is that you get to your destination if your destination is getting into a relationship or having a great dating experience. Anyway, oh, imagine dating online, experiencing none of the dating fatigue. Bless Last announcement, not really announcement, but a quick thank you again for listening to Ask a Matchmaker. And of course, to my OG fans, thank you for sending your dating and relationship questions via Instagram every Wednesday. You're so wonderful. Some of your questions are completely ridiculous and you know exactly who you are. There's some of you, (laughs) but I love answering them. And of course, you can always, if it doesn't fit in the box, you can always send it to me via DM. But you know, the social contract that we have for me to answer your question is that I get to screenshot it and show it to the world. I obviously don't show your name, but that's what we do. I love your questions, but not as much as I love your audio questions. So if you have an audio question, go to askamatchmaker.com, send it to me. It takes one minute. Let's get started. This week's guest is TikTok influencer and dating coach Tiff Barra. She hosts Take Me Out, a podcast that follows Tiff as she defines what it means to date in New York on her own terms. Through candid conversations with a cohort of in-the-know New York creatives and social media personalities, Tiff takes you on an often poignant yet always hilarious journey through Soho lofts, Bushwick basements, and Lower East Side bathrooms, giving you all the dirty details you didn't know you needed. In addition to personal anecdotes, Tiff and her guests shed light on important topics like inclusivity, representation, and body positivity, effectively mixing Tiff's signature provocative humor with a necessary sense of emotional depth and vulnerability. Welcome, Tiff, to Ask a Matchmaker.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here.
0: You know, you're really different from a lot of my guests. I discovered you on
1: TikTok. That was interesting. Tell me a little bit more about yourself. I kind of fell into this in a way. Um, During quarantine, I was kind of home and missing my old life, you know, partying with men or like being in love with a man for 48 hours, you know, kind of going on the journey of dating and like the coming of age. Like, what is my, what do I like? Like having sex, not having sex, going through like the waves of what it means to be a young adult in New York and in any big city, it's a lot of ups and downs. So when I'm in my bed, like in my pajamas, like, Oh my God, like, will I ever love again? Uh, I created this kind of nostalgic page to kind of bring all of us together to be like, Oh my God, let's celebrate the good times online until they can come again. And from there I just started saying things that were on my mind from there. um, A lot of people started reaching out for dating advice and for me to just kind of help them navigate how to date on their own terms. And I started to realize like, you know, we can do some good here. Like we can kind of support each other through, you know, finding what it means to not just get into a relationship, but find out what you're looking for in a relationship as well.
0: I love that. That's great. So you're not originally from New York.
1: No, I am a New Orleans native. Wow. And when did you move to New York? Um, I moved five years ago, almost six. I'm getting up there. Um, I came to Pace University for college. So I was 18, fresh from the Spirit Airline. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, you mentioned
0: Spirit Airlines in a few of your TikToks.
1: You know what? Uh, and that's just part of the realness that I try to show that, like, I think a lot of people in New York think, oh, I'm going to, like, step into my Manolo Blahniks. So i I'm going to be Carrie Bradshaw. But it's like, actually, like, it's okay to wear your Doc Martens, like, up a five-story flight of stairs and, you know, go through the ups and downs. Again, like, it's not always fabulous, but, like, you find your way and what makes you feel good.
0: When you moved to New York, where did you move to first? I want to. I want to understand the foundations of your the journey, dating exploration <laughs> journey, whatever.
1: Well, a lot of apartments. I've, I've lived in many apartments. That well, okay. I mean, <laughs> no, I don't, I I don't, no, I'm unless you're
0: the mayor's child, I think almost everyone in New York lives in an apartment.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, there were no townhouses. Fresh, fresh to New York. No. Um. So I went to Pace, and I was living in the dorms. When I say I made the most out of my twin bed, I really did. Uh, but I think. <laughs> Um, what I, I started to, yeah, live there for actually four years cause I had a scholarship. So I was very, a late bloomer to getting my own apartment. So I was like, okay, let me date some men that have an apartment. That's a lot nicer than my shoebox um, on literally a mattress made out of nothing but spring, you know? So it was dating turned out to be another way of looking at all the best real estate in the city too. Always another open house. <laughs>
0: Always another open house. That's, uh. That's a good Instagram bio. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um so you so you went to Pace. What'd you study at Pace?
1: Um, I studied philosophy. Um I, it's sure. really silly.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, no, I don't know. No one love does it. that anymore. <laughs> I love that. Do you have a favorite philosopher?
1: Yeah, absolutely. A few. Um I definitely love Simone de Beauvoir. I think she really shaped a lot of my thought about how it meant to be a woman and, and navigate on your own terms in a way that's sometimes not easy. She has really helped me a lot just to, like, stand up for myself. And then um, just a lot of times, like, people like the, the normal, like, Kafka or Nietzsche or, you know, even Sartre, like, different people that kind of created this way of living a life on your own terms. I've always gravitated towards like when Mm -hmm. transcendence is gone, who do you turn to but yourself? So these are some notions that I've I've really gravitated towards. Let's go back to
0: TikTok. So you found that platform.
1: When did you join TikTok? I joined during quarantine. So I was new to it. Wow. And
0: how many followers do you have as of today's recording?
1: I think it's 88,200. Something like that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> really I'm like, specific. yeah, I know. You got to keep, you got to keep an eye on it. Yeah. I'm looking at the numbers. Yeah. I might not be good at numbers, but I can, I can look at them. <laughs> I think your TikTok is hilarious because
0: you give, I don't, I don't know. You've, sp- you've sped up your voice like times two.
1: Can I tell you, I never even realized I was talking fast. Um, I was just like, okay, I have a minute. I have so much shit to say, like, how do I do this? So everyone right. thinks it's, and everyone's like, what the hell? Like, is this? A oh yeah. I,
0: I showed one of the matchmakers, your videos and at the first video, she's like, wait, what's happening? Why <laughs> is she talking so fast? So you know, what's interesting about your videos is that you have pretty provocative titles, like yeah. how to score rich man where to have a one night stand. Um, is he really a wealthy man? How to become a Sugar" baby. Um, uh, so you have like all these really provocative titles with real advice, but you know, good humor. And I should remember thinking like, Oh, this is a really different audience. Like you're talking so much about dating and so much of my advice is like, let me get you married in the next two years. Tell me about what makes a fun dating experience.
1: Yeah. When I created this whole concept of like being provocative and all these things. I, I just have always viewed that as realities that people want in the way that we are often told there's this narrative of like, either I am a like, excuse me, a hoe or a housewife. But my mm-hmm. whole mission is to destroy that binary in the way that it doesn't matter if you're sleeping with the whole state, or you're married in Connecticut with two kids, you deserve the same respect, you deserve to constantly make your own terms. And you're not in the passenger seat and I think it's really really important that before you can give love whether it's for 48 hours or for the rest of your life to know what love is to you and to know what terms of respect and terms of you know affection are important to you and not to settle for anything less just because you want to get somewhere because um, I think a lot of times yes it's great to get married as soon as you can because we all no, think that's not. what we want what but I like I was saying a lot of people think that I'm in a rush to get married Ugh. But my whole thing is, why don't you find someone that doesn't want to make you single anymore? You know, right. there's a difference between getting somewhere with anyone that will be willing to do it or creating this understanding for yourself about the terms that are necessary for you to share your life with someone.
0: I mean, I recently um, had put this on Instagram as well. I recently had said someone had asked me a question about like, oh, I'm 24 years old. I just broke up and I feel like, you know, where is the guy? Where is he? And I just remember responding and I'm, I'm pretty sure this is an Instagram post of mine as well saying like, you are 24. This is the perfect time to date the divorced 45 year old, have an orgy, (laughs) (laughs) go on a sex bucket list. You are 24, like get rid of in Greek, the word is apophimena which in English kind of translates to like regrets, but like get rid of all of the things that you're, you might one day at the age of 35 or 45 say, oh man, I wish I did that when I was 22. I wish I did that when I was, even if you're 34 and you just broke up, go through that whole phase. It's okay.
1: Yeah. And I totally agree in the way that like some people like monogamy and i think that's yeah. just mm-hmm. o- as okay as going to every sex party in in the city um but it's about finding your comfortability and and what you want so when i say like oh how to get a sugar daddy it's less about getting that sugar daddy or getting that rich man but it's more about you understanding what you want in the way that It doesn't matter if he is the richest person in the world. If you do want someone that's rich, he better still treat you with the same dignity and respect that you've already curated for yourself. So it's dating without lack um, in the way that you always deserve what you want. And don't lower that because of something that he can offer if it doesn't feel like exactly what you want. Since you
0: mentioned sugar daddies, let's let's talk about that for a second. Do you feel like if someone wants to be a sugar baby and a guy wants to be a sugar daddy, that relationship, which just in its definition is a little transactional, mm-hmm. do you think that can become love, a become a relationship?
1: Yeah, I mean, in the way that I think any mutual consensual relationship can start somewhere and always progress, as long as you set the terms of what you need, and that can evolve. So it's conversations, like something that starts as a sugar baby relationship, you can actually, you know, go on these dinners and be like, oh, wow, like, yeah, he can take me to all these amazing places. But he's also giving me so much conversation and so much love. And I'm feeling things outside of the transaction. And how you navigate that is, again, on the terms that you're setting for what love is for you. So I don't think relationships ever start or end in a certain place. Um, I think it's constantly evolving. And and I think you can enter something not knowing where you're going to go. And that's the fun part. But Mm -hmm. it's also about you creating like what you want from the situation and what's going to make you feel best and feel confident. So you've only dated in New York City? No. Did you date in New Orleans? Yes, I've dated in New Orleans.
0: What are the differences between
1: the cities? The difference between New Orleans and New York dating is the, number one, money is very different, and the social aspect is very different. Um, I think never in my life did I see the nightlife that I saw in New York, where, of course, New Orleans, everyone loves to party and stuff, but they're doing that in their flip-flops, not a $10,000 Versace suit. I (laughs) think – it's inherent in New York that you do see a lot more openness when it comes to dating. Like you can be 24 and date a 70 year old, but it's just a bigger network. And it gave, it gives you the opportunity to date and experiment without like, the Sherry, the local pharmacist, knowing all your business, you know um, there's right. something that allows you to kind of explore for yourself like no one's lo- like no one 's watching a certain ambiguity that allows you to see what you 're really desiring when you 're not scared of the judgment around you and, and that it, it's a small town mentality it's I think no matter where you are, right, you can always feel the pressures of your friends, social pressures, but New York, for me, gave me the opportunity to explore solely based on what I wanted.
0: Oh absolutely. I think I think New York has that going for it that there's this anonymity to dating that just doesn't exist anywhere else. It takes me back to like one time I was on a pretty awful match.com date and he took me to this bar afterwards like in the Upper West Side and I remember like thinking I need to get out of this as soon as I can. Like uh, how do I get yeah. out of this date? <laughs> and I remember that the guy standing next to me could tell that I was like just nervous, mm-hmm. and he just acted like he just like he's like I got this, and he just pretended that he was my friend. He started asking like really personal questions, like Hey, how's Chris?" and I was like, "Oh yeah, he's good." Like I was just I'm obsessed. Things. Yes, <laughs> and you know this story ends like really funny too. And if he ever hears this, you know, hat tip to him. But um. But, you know, the other guy kind of like, I said, you know, I have to go. And like, I just kind of, now that I had um, company, I could like leave. I know that makes, that doesn't make a lot of sense, but I was 23. When you're 23, when you're 24 and in any city, it can be a little overwhelming when you're in a location you don't know, with people you don't know. Absolutely. So I found courage with this person. We ended up dating. Oh my God. You had one of those moments.
1: Like, (laughs) yeah, but it was
0: only for like dating. Like we went on like three dates. Right. And I remember. Still beautiful. um, (laughs) <laughs> yeah. We, we, it was midterm. I was, I was getting my master's at NYU and we hooked up. It was not our first time hooking up, but we had hooked up. And then I said, like, you have to go like, it's, it's time for you to go. Yeah. You need to yes. leave. And he's like, it's okay. I could just be here. And I go, no, you can't be here.
1: You I might want to be here, but that's not okay with me. Yes. And yeah. I always tell everyone you don't owe men shit. <laughs> right. I was like, you need
0: to go. I remember it was snowing. And he was looking at me like, come on. And I'm like, no, no, you got to go. And he never called me again, right?
1: But it's better to lose someone because you stood your boundaries and you stood your ground than oh, have yeah. someone that, you know, will and- only be happy if it's on his terms, you know? So good for you. Bye. Well,
0: like- <laughs> you know, hold on. It actually gets better. So like a year later, I ran into him at some friend's party like near Washington square, which is where he lived.
1: I thought you were going to say another date. And I was like, please, this guy's following you girl. (laughs) No,
0: no, no. (laughs) We were at some, I don't know if it was a friend's party or some like basement party, you know, like Washington square has all these like underground dorm things going on. I guess we're both like there. And so we went back to his place. He lived Mm -hmm. down the street. So I was like, okay, you know, let's, let's do, let's let's hook up. Yeah. Yeah. So like after we start hooking up, he goes, okay, you need to go now.
1: I am screaming. The fact that he had revenge sex for
0: a year, for a year, like it's he did not. You hurt he him that day. Again. I am screaming. He never <laughs> asked me how my midterms, were. and it was fine. Like I knew I was really disrespectful, but I don't know you shit. Like we didn't we're, exactly. We're not I don't boyfriend. find that to
1: be disrespectful. You know, like, if someone it's my uses midterms.
0: It was- do you know how much NYU costs get out of here? Um,
1: You want to pay my bill? Then you can stay.
0: (laughs) Like I had a scholarship for my undergrad. I did not have a scholarship for my master's. This is coming out of my own damn pocket for the next 25 years. Like shut up. So (laughs) the fact that he held on to it, I remember just like turning to him and being like, you're making me leave. And he goes, yeah. And I was like, if I was wearing a hat, I would, I would hat tip you, sir. And like, I literally just like left at four in the morning dressed as like, like a homeless woman wearing a Star Trek outfit.
1: you know what girl I have been there um the thing is I cannot believe he was you really doing I the love day. that I had
0: I love that I had that dating experience like I love that I had that dating experience in New York because you know like the moment I walked out of his apartment nobody knew nobody gave a shit it, Sherry the pharmacist no, and, had no idea
1: like, exactly I always tell all my clients I'm like there's no such thing as rejection only realizing shit which is mm-hmm. like okay you set your boundaries. which was like, you need to leave because I have to study. It wasn't like you need to leave so I can watch Gilmore Girls. Even if that was the case, it doesn't matter why you needed him to go. Anyone of quality will say, oh yeah, that's totally understandable. Let's get drinks tomorrow or something like that. But the fact that he wanted you to sacrifice your comfortability for him is absolutely unacceptable. So good riddance. I'd rather walk New York every damn night in a Star Trek outfit than stay one hour next to him, period. Oh,
0: by the way, I was dressed like, for those who are Trekkies, I was dressed like Ezra. So I had like these gills, like on my cheek. (laughs) I'm obsessed. I love love Now Imagine like after like a night (laughs) at four in the morning, having like messed up gills on your cheek.
1: everyone's like, is she all right? Like, I mean, nobody's over. Sherry, <laughs> the
0: pharmacist <laughs> was closed. So it was good. Yes, like nobody, that's fun. what I love about dating in New York. And it's like, that's just one story of like thousands, right? Not oh, many skirts and
1: blizzards. Yeah. I am going home at 6am. All the like hot moms are going to soul cycle, looking at me, like literally the dust on the bottom of a broom. But I'm like, right. you know what I'm living my life. You and know? you know, that builds your confidence in a way that's like, I'm going to do what I'm doing, whether a million people are watching Or not, because it's for me. It's not for anyone else.
0: I did my undergrad in Athens, Greece. So clubs in Greece, not during the pandemic, but before pandemic, clubs open up at 1 a.m. So they close at 7. And there were many times where my (laughs) 19-year-old body is wearing a mini skirt and, you know, a nice halter top and, uh, you know, riding the bus because I had no money. I'm a broke college (laughs) student. Riding the bus to get home at 7 in the morning and next to me is some grand lady. Grandma lady going to church. It was good. It's Park Avenue Moms, say, though.
1: Mm. Oh, oh, wow. Oh, wow. I, I will never forget the looks I get because I think they, I remind them of the fear that their husbands might be cheating on them. You think <laughs> that's what I, it is? I, I think a lot of times there is this pent up situation where it Women view women as what they're not. And that's everything I'm fighting against in the way that's like, there is no reason to put another woman down, whether it is 7am and I'm in a leather skirt on the Upper East Side where literally I have to go to Bushwick, Brooklyn. Uh-huh. I think a lot of times our own insecurities can lead to us viewing women in different ways and creating these pretences, which I think can be really, really detrimental to every- everything. I don't know.
0: If your husband wants to cheat, it doesn't take much. It's not about you. It's it's about him. Like if he wants to, it's never
1: your fault why someone cheats.
0: I I know some women blame other women about, you know, oh, my husband cheated. Oh no, I don't say husband, but like, let's say my boyfriend cheated and you know, it's your fault. And I'm like, is it like, I could understand if she knew about you beforehand, but no, nine out of 10 times she had no idea.
1: No idea. And I think that's a really underbelly side to living in a big city is that I've definitely seen a lot of these men that live the perfect life perfect Upper East Side life Mm -hmm. that have a lot of things that they're hiding and they come downtown to the clubs to do this stuff and then you see like and I've experienced like being 18 these people like flirting with you you have no idea that Westchester even exists let alone that they have a secret family there and it's it's really really sad to like see that there are these people that would actively hurt someone else what are the signs
0: that he's probably married I've got a few but I want to hear your I got
1: a few. I I have I've I've really seen a bunch. Um you do one, one, I do one. Okay. You can never go back to his place. That's
0: a good one. That's a really <laughs> good one. Uh for me, um he's not a consistent texter.
1: Yeah. I I see that for sure. Or he only can see you on a specific day? Like he can only see you on Thursdays. For
0: yeah. Thursdays at 6.
1: Thursdays at 6 like I call in. Uh <laughs>
0: He says he does not use social media.
1: Oh my God. That's good. Um, he has 12 last names. Like it's always Kingston Alexander charged the Twelve.
0: <laughs> yes. True story. All-
1: <laughs> hey, I've signed some not NDAs. I can't speak. No, I'm kidding. Can't. Can't.
0: If he uses social media, um, you know, I was going to go somewhere else with this, but now social media is so different than it was when I was 24.
1: Like he'll only post like one picture of his dog and i think a lot of times they'll make fake accounts also if he's asking you to get whatsapp he doesn't he has a secret app for you that's not a good look oh yeah the
0: whatsapp stuff oh yeah mm
1: -mm, no 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 or or kick i don't even know what that one is Uh uh-uh no and you never meet his friends or his friends are all sleazy and are single too I, if, yes. I mean there's a podcast so you didn't hear my uh air quotes, but they were they were big
0: he he doesn't and and if you meet a friend it they don't they don't allude to much Mm-mm. but you know what I've always noticed that the friends they they're trying to warn you with their eyes. I dated this one guy really seriously, serious enough for me to tell my dad about him oh wow, that's serious he is he had a whole secret life in Connecticut. <laughs>
1: Oh, that is, that's 70% of men in New York, you know, that, right. that jitney, whatever that bus is, the Connecticut bus is filled med- with Metro North, North.
0: <laughs> and he go. And like, I remember, um, I remember meeting one of his friends at a bar and with him and his friend, like now looking back on it, 10 years later, I'm like, his friend was trying to warn me with his eyes. Like he would kind of linger a little longer to be like, my friend's a douchebag. Why are you going out with him? Like, that's what his eyes were saying.
1: And I I totally see it looking back on my story too. And I think it's just like such the pain on both sides to be like someone that was so young and believed in love and then not be exploited. And then also for that same person to betray their significant other at the same time. I'm like, you know, I'm against cheating. You know, I I will say a bunch of controversial shit, but my baseline is I don't think it's fair to yourself as a priority to cheat on someone else because Mm. number one, you are too amazing to be juggling 22 relationships. And then number 2, I'm also like if someone is you, know, you, that is the most disrespectful notion that possible because that go, going into love is like you're signing up to fail sometimes. Like you you're taking one yeah. of the biggest risks of your life and for, for the me, biggest it's decision just of like, your life. I never yes. And it's also, I have a lot of friends. I I will be straight up and we all have, you know, where some people know that they're the second option, like the side girl or something like that. And I think like seeing the actual pain that they go through has made me even more. Like when I hear girls tell me a lot of the girls that they're seeing, oh yeah, he has like a few other girls he's seeing, or he's in a relationship or something like that. I'm like, Okay. Yes. You're not in this relationship. So you're not the one actively cheating. However, like, do you actually only want to see him when he can fit you into his life? You are not Mm. a back burner bitch. You know, Mm. you need to be the front of the stove, you know, Mm -hmm. and if someone can't provide for you, I don't care how much you love them. You have to walk away. Let me ask you a
0: controversial question. (laughs) Let's go. Because I have a controversial opinion as well on this okay okay so there's two scenarios the first scenario is a woman is with a guy she's dating this guy she met through bumble turns out he already has a girlfriend should girl the woman number two tell the girlfriend hey your guy's cheating on you there's three scenarios here so that's the first one
1: i'll answer for myself because what i would say is i probably would Because I would not want her to continue to see someone that is disloyal to her. However, Mm. I think there are also situations where you can be so embarrassed or just like very hurt by the situation that you're not ready Mm. to speak out yet to that person, which is totally okay. But I think it's really important, right, to be gentle on yourself in any point of the situation because I think it can be really hard to navigate, especially when things turn out differently than you expected. I think at the end of the day, you can only handle it in the way that you can live with.
0: What if... The guy that you're dating is engaged. Should she know before she gets married? Hey, your guy's cheating on you. Your guy's on a dating app. Yeah. Uh, Tiff, um, Tiff is Tiff is nodding yes.
1: <laughs> well, no, I, I'm thinking I'm, I'm nodding. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> uh, in the so way that, obviously,
0: you are agreeing with...
1: <laughs> um, No, in the way that I have been in these situations, where very close friends of mine, I have seen their significant others on the apps. Um, again, oh I really? Cannot... Are you yes. serious? Yes. If it was me and I saw that a guy that I really liked uh, was engaged, number one, I would throw 22 plates to the wall and I would probably, you know, do a little screaming moment, but I'd regroup and I would reach out. Yeah. Because to me, women are always the priority over men. So if she's forget the engage now,
0: now, what if she's married with kids? Would you reach out?
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know if the level of attachment makes the action any better or worse. I mean, cheating and betrayal, regardless of if you're married or if you're engaged or if you have a boyfriend, is one of the most hurtful things possible. So I don't know if how attached makes it any less hurtful because I know we have this notion that like, if you're married, it's more of a commitment, which yes, it is. But I do think that that initial pain, and I think that any pain can't be valued on a scale of less- or more when the betrayal of someone you love happens. So for me to answer your question, yeah, if I was dating someone and I found out that they were married, I would number one, have to see where I was at in the situation because Mm -hmm. I am not, in the marriage. I did not sign up for that. And I'd have to number one, address the fact that I did nothing wrong. Because I think a lot of times we can blame ourselves when we find out that people that we're with are in either an entanglement or a marriage or an engagement and blame ourselves for that action. Um, So I would I would see where I was at. I'd sit with it. I would try not to do anything impulsively. Either I would walk away because it's not fair to me to have to sit here and investigate. Is it an open marriage? Is it this? Is it that? Because you know what? I'm just as hurt as That person is as well. And I don't know if it's necessarily a responsibility to me to tell someone what's going on. Maybe it would be if I felt like he was doing, it depends on like how long there's so many situational like factors that would have to play.
0: I have mixed thoughts about all of this. Like, I think, I think my, my personal actions to these things vary so differently depending on the situation of the person. And, and I think, I think that because I've been in those situations, I've been in the situation where I, you know, was dating someone who had a girlfriend and not realizing they had a girlfriend. And and it's not that I had suspicions. I feel like in hindsight, I'm like, oh yeah, that makes a lot more sense now why he could only see me on a Thursday at 6 PM, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But at that time, like for me in all three scenarios, oh, he's dating a woman. Oh, he's engaged. Oh, he's married. I think about my safety. I don't trust a lot of men to act rationally when the cards fall. If you hooked up with someone who was married and you now go and you find out, oh, they're married. And that's happened to me. I went on a few dates with a guy who didn't have his wedding ring on. Why would I even ask, are you married?
1: And it's not your job before a date to have to do a whole private investigation, Nancy Drew moment to see all these things. Like, right you shouldn't have to have all this distrust from the back, but it never even
0: crossed my mind to contact yeah, I mean, his of wife and not. be like, Hey, because you don't know how this person could react. They have a child together. He could go ballistic. You know, I also want to ruin this person's, this woman's life. I mean, like, I get it. Her husband is cheating on her. I don't know what arrangement they have, but it's also yeah, you really know expensive all the details. to get divorced. And now you, if I told his wife, she would have to start making like really expensive decisions that she might not be emotionally ready for. And, you know, to be honest, she might already suspect it. Let him, let him get caught. I don't think you need to do much. I know this is a very controversial opinion to
1: have because a lot of women will say, no, if you support women, you have to tell women. And it's like, okay. But to me, supporting women is also like in this situation, you have to support yourself first. And I'm totally agree. There's a lot of risk for your safety. There's a lot of risk emotionally because, you know, you don't know the full situation, you only know the small slice that you were given. And mm. I think a lot of times in the situations that I've been in, It it can destroy you when you find out that someone that you really loved wasn't actually being honest. So, how you enter that next phase of what to do can't always be so clear. Um, So, that's why I also, I always say, like, you have to set your terms and sit with it. Figure out where you're at first. And ethically, what you do with that is going to be up to you. But again, know why you're doing it. Don't just do it as an act of emotion or an act of rage or an act of, you know, you're overwhelmed. Sit with it. Try and understand where you are first and how you move forward and navigate is going to solely, you know, be based on your understanding of what you think is right for you and how to handle the situation.
0: That's really good. I like that. Let's take some questions. What do you think, Tiff? Are you ready? I am ready. Let's get it. Hey, Maria. My name is Emily. I'm 35 years old from Ontario, Canada, and I'd love to hear your take on why a guy would ask me out multiple times if he wasn't even that attracted to me to begin with. So quick backstory on my end. I had a little coworker crush on an old colleague. I left the job, and he promptly asked me out. We had three great dates, in which he secured the next date before I'd even got home from the previous one. Felt like he was really into me. Um, and then the fourth date, I could felt feel something had fizzled, and I brought it up to him, and he said, "You know, I don't really feel that uh, click with you." Which to me is like, "I don't want to jump your bones." Which is fine. The whole "he's just not into you" thing, I don't take it too personally. But why the multiple dates if you could feel that
1: in the beginning? That is a great question. And, you know, there are a lot of magical mysteries to life. Uh, How we got here, why he's ghosting me. Uh, These are just things that, again, do not have logical value and will never understand. And I think it's a priority. And I tell this to a lot of my clients that it's not your job to find out. And it's about having self-validation to where it's like, Regardless of whatever outside situation happens with that person, it doesn't affect your value. Um, Yes, it's frustrating, but that's why we live in the age of the internet. On to the next girl. Get those thumbs working. Get them sore. It's better to waste that energy trying to find someone new. And again, not waste it, but put it into a new potential than waste it on someone who's already gone. Because it's not your job to fight for someone that's not meeting you mutually. Um, Again, I hate that it happens, but it's just a part of dating in a technological, you know, dating world. People do sometimes treat each other disposable and that doesn't make you disposable. And it makes you walk away. And like you lucked out girl because anyone that's going to do that isn't worth their time. Anyway.
0: I also feel like we have to give men the benefit of the doubt here in terms of dating. Like it's okay for a guy to take you out a few times to figure out, Hey, is there long-term potential here? He's not mm-hmm. going to know on the first date, it's going to take a few dates. And, you know, she said, you know, we don't click or we don't, you know, you might not click or vibe after a few dates. He might have been physically attracted enough to you on the, to take you on the first date. And that's it. That's, that's it. The first date to a second date. But then after that day two, day three, day four. That those dates are to validate the rest of that physical attraction. It's like, okay, I'm physically attracted to her, but am I attracted to her brain? Do I see a future with this person? Attraction is also very elusive. I can be physically attracted to someone upon meeting them, or especially, you know, she said they were coworkers. There's probably some like mystery, some crazy sexual tension for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. And so I finally go on a date with her. Now I could, you know, they probably on the first date gossiped a little bit about their coworkers. Like they got to talk in a personal way they never had before. Yes, I'm going to secure the second date because I liked her for so long. Of course, I'm going to go on a second date with her. But now he's getting to know you on a girlfriend level. And is this really someone I like? Is this someone I see a future with? Mm, You know, let me give it one more date. Like that's exactly what's happened here.
1: Yeah. And also my question to her would be that whole question. I didn't hear one thing about how you felt about it. Mm. Um, yes, he clearly like, yeah, went on a few dates with you. But my question is, if the vibe wasn't there, did you like him at all? Or were you just more fixated on him liking you? Because I think a lot of times we get more consumed with the fact that they like us, that we sacrifice or don't even question if we like them to begin. with. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Every week on Ask a Matchmaker on Instagram, I get a question that's like, when does it become exclusive? Or how can I become a girlfriend? Or how do I bring up exclusivity? And I'm like, can you stop focusing on if you could be something and just focus on if you should be? Just and because if you're going he, yeah. on a few dates doesn't mean you should be girlfriend and boyfriend. It just means you're dating. It's part of the experience. I,
1: girl, it's like Sephora. You got to get some trial samples before you get the whole 60 ounce bottle. Like, yes. That's why we date. Stop worrying so much about where you're going and wondering if you want to share the same car with that person.
0: Share that same kid with that person. Let me tell you. Oh yeah,
1: worse than a car, a kid.
0: <laughs> you know, I, I have I have two kids, and but let me tell you, if you really <laughs> want to know what the cracks of your relationship are, have a kid because those cracks turn into canyons. It took a while for my husband and I to learn how to be spouses while parenting. Like I would tell you it probably took us almost two years, took us like 20 months. Wow. Well, it's not that we were fighting or anything like that, but yeah, there is a transition period between hot girlfriend, hot wife to, okay. Mom of my kid who I still want to have sex with mom of my kid who I still need to take on dates, mom of my kid who can still have intellectually stimulating conversations with.
1: Of course. And I think like, of, of course, like I'm still like a damn kid myself, It's like how when life pressures start to pile on, it's sometimes hard to reestablish your own sexual identity when you have all these responsibilities going on, whether it's a new job. Like for me, I used to be a party girl. Now I'm working all the time. Am I still as hot as I feel? Like I don't always feel as hot as I did when I was out every night and everyone telling me I was hot. So you have to kind of find that self-validation and kind of find what your new sexual identity is in each new phase of life, whether it's, you know, a worker girl or you're getting married or, you know, these different phases, because mm. it's sometimes hard to reestablish your identity over and over again. But, you know, you still want sex no matter where you, gotta you are. You to keep working on it. You yeah. got to
0: keep working on it now. I mean, God, I, I'm, I'm, I'm obsessed with my husband though. Aww. All right. Let's go to the next question. Hi, i Maria. This is Mary Kate. I live in New York City and I'm 31 years old. I was wondering the best place to find quality men in New York City, um, especially now since I fear that a lot of quality people have left the city in 2020 due to the coronavirus pandemic. Thanks in advance for the tip, and I love the podcast. Thanks, Mary-Kate. I feel like I've got the perfect guest on right now to yeah. tell me, where, so, can I meet, where can I meet men?
1: Well, the biggest word that I heard throughout that question was quality, Um, That's a very large word and can mean a lot of things. And I think sometimes when we're dating, we'll be like, um, yeah, he's nice or he's quality or these types of notions. What I would ask you first is to um, tell me what quality is to you. Don't put these blanket statements on people because it can be sometimes hard to navigate because you think quality is one thing or one checklist of a person, whether it's a job. But I have a kind of clear understanding of what quality is for you, Um, because some people think it's quality to like have a guy in the nightclub flirt with them all night or someone wants (laughs) a doctor. You know, there's range so find out first what it is for you in New York um, as someone that has been there um, for This time when there's outdoor dining and, you know, dating is, of course, very difficult right now. What I would say is the best place is to use the apps because at the moment it is hard to go meet people out. Um, so what I would say is use the apps, but use the apps as means to creating as real of an experience as you can. I always tell everyone get the hell off the apps, whether it's a zoom, a FaceTime or like a social distance date. And you find out from that experience, if they're quality for you. So don't look for quality men, meet men and find out if they match the qualities you're interested in. I like that. I always
0: try to tell women, um, you know, after you've made that quality list as well, we call it the five pillars of compatibility. Like how can we reverse engineer the search? There are still so many opportunities to meet people. I kind of like how the mask gives a little bit of anonymity. I can't even say this word anymore. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's a hard one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it gives a little anonymity. Am I saying it right?
1: I think I'm saying M- it right. M- M- Anonymity? Uh, oh, don't even start with me. <laughs> See? I'm the wrong person to ask. Oh, anyway, mystery. What we so love to So, like, there you go. Mystery.
0: It's <laughs> a little mystery. Thank you. Um, because you could, like, do some hardcore eye fucking with a mask oh, yeah. on. Because he doesn't, who cares? He doesn't know the rest of your face. Give him a look. <laughs> like, you are outdoor dining. Look at him. Um, are you, you know, but there's also other ways. Like, I always tell some of my clients, like, check out Toastmasters. Or improv groups, or um, even there's Zoom networking events. You can really get to know someone through these digital events and take that conversation offline. You know, every person's an opportunity, and I think the media has sold us on thinking that all the good men have left New York. When the yeah. truth is, they there's
1: there's plenty of men to go around. <laughs> and that that notion has been there before all this, where it's like there's no mm-hmm. good men left. You know, you hear these concepts all the time to create this fear. I feel like that's the entire
0: plot of Sex in the City.
1: Absolutely, right? Like there's no one left. But but guess what? I would rather continue to be slow for the next 40 years and find someone or maybe risk not finding someone that is actually right for you than settle because you're scared that that's the last person you'll ever meet because that leads Mm. to someone taking advantage of you. That leads to abuse. When you're afraid of someone leaving you, you give them the full autonomy to treat you however they want and you'll take it. And that's not what dating should be. It should be a mutual respect and it shouldn't be based on need as much as wanting to be with them as well. And not scared that they're gonna leave or they're the last person left, but you found the one that you want to just be alone with in the whole world with, you know? Like you want that y'all too, to be the only people left.
0: So if you're outdoor dining, are there- restaurants that you'd recommend where it's a little bit more social right now?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I have been seeing the Lower East Side is as, as a really great area. Um, I'm a big solo diner. Um, so I, of course, have pre-pandemic met a lot of people that way. Um, I think like certain streets like Orchard Street, um, where you can find a few restaurants like my favorite. Um, Deadly's is a big, um, great place I like to hang out. Kiki's, these different types of places where, yes, um, I I can't necessarily say what's the best way for you to navigate it. Of course, like keep your social distancing and and wear your mask and, and kind of right now we have to build our COVID comfortability in the way that's like, if you don't want to go out, you do not have to, and you can recreate these real dates, very real dates on Zoom. But if you do go social done, someone wants to hug you, be okay with saying no. Um, These typical just rules of navigating. But I think, um, yeah, Lower East Side is great. There's a few really fun places on the Upper East Side as well. I have been going to a lot I haven't seen, and I, I know there's some shit going on where there are parties and stuff. Um, I have yet to personally experience them, but I've actually met a lot of people, like you said, on these Zoom networking events, these Zoom parties. Um, a great place in New York, I used to do a lot of stuff with them at The Strand. is called Think Olio, and it's a learning community that I used to meet every Friday. A lot of cute guys would go, but it's, it's a learning community talking about different topics of art, philosophy, and something of substance. So you're meeting people, and again, if we we want to address like, quality. Like to me, I find it a quality to like have interesting conversations with people. So that was a great place to start. So I try to like first start, take this time to really develop your own interest and try and find communities around those. Um, but if you are doing outdoor dining, there's a lot going on. Um, keep checking TikTok, open table, <laughs> you know, um, yeah. but I think the Lower East Side is is really where it's at right now. Um, East Village too. Essex is great for brunch. I went there recently, a lot of cute guys. So I, I'm keeping the, the list updated and check out my TikToks for more. But but again, find out what you want right now, I think, and that use that as your baseline of where, Tiff, you go where
0: can people find you? you just mentioned your TikTok? What's your TikTok name?
1: Yeah, so you can find me on TikTok at Tiff um, you can find me on Instagram at Tiff Barra, <laughs> and then you can find me on my podcast, Take Me Out, and that will be coming out next Wednesday, second season. So we're going to have a lot of fun going Congratulations. on Congratulations.
0: Well, we'll have all of these details in the episode notes. So if you want to follow Tiff on TikTok or Instagram or listen to her podcast, check out the episode notes. All the links will be there. You can also check out Tiff's website. Her the link will also be on her website if you want to connect with her one on one. Tiff, this was great. I'm so glad you came on to ask a matchmaker. Lots of good tips. Really excited. You know, let's definitely do this again in the new year. Get an update. I would love a little New York report. You know what's funny is, uh, you know, you're so New York focused there are women in different cities that follow my Instagram or this, or listen to this podcast. And I'll say stuff like, you know, if New York's not working for you, just move. <laughs> there are yeah. some really great cities out there. I love Denver, Austin, San Diego. These have a lot, you know, uh, these free <laughs> in the Bay area. Like there's a lot of male rich, like I'm not male rich. There's a lot of male areas, more male ratio. Oh, let me see this ratio friendly. There's a lot of ratio yeah. friendly cities in this country. Not like New York, Seattle's another one. And, and, you know, when I say these other cities, I get so many DMS like, Oh no, Seattle sucks. I hate it here. What are you talking about? Or no Denver sucks. What are you? But it's like, ah, oh, it's math. You know, there's just more men in these cities. And when there's anytime there's more men in, in, in any area, they tend to become more hunter ish. Studies have shown that they are more predisposed to want to be into a relationship versus when they're in a city like New York, LA, Miami, where there's more women than men, where they start to treat women disposable.
1: Yeah, those are some real analytics. I'm I'm scared of those facts, Um, (laughs) but you know I think it's very true. And I always say this to everyone: New York doesn't make you you. Seattle doesn't make you you. Living in San Diego doesn't make you you. Um, Start from a place of where you feel the most confident. Like New York to me was just a place where I felt like I could be my full self. And Mm -hmm. if that's San Diego for you, if that's New Orleans for you, wherever it is, um, you know, start from a place where I think you you can feel your your whole potential. Then of value for you. Um, I, I know the analytics, the numbers games are very real. Um, but I, I sometimes really believe that if you start putting the effort in for yourself and making the terms of excellence that you want in yourself and a partner, um, you could be in the middle of Alaska and and hopefully you could find someone that can equally match. In Alaska, there are more men (laughs) than women. (laughs) And see, I need, you need to send me these analytics. I'm obsessed. I love it. um, He's coming,
0: he just, he's coming up with a second book, but John Burger, he wrote this book called Datanomics. I love it, (laughs) and it talks about ratios. It talks about how you know, even in university culture where there's way more women than men, the men treat women as more disposable. But in other universities like Caltech, which has more men than women, men there tend to be uh, more monogamous-driven because there's not a lot to choose from. There's not there's not that many female classmates to choose from. So, you know, that's just a, that's just a micro environment to judge from, but you see this as well in other cities. I mean, gosh, I think about myself. I imported my husband from Boston and then I think about all my (laughs) girlfriends export. (laughs) Yeah. And I think about all my girlfriends in New York, one of them, her husband lived in Philly. Um, another one, he lived in London (laughs) and uh, we, you know, we imported some men, so it's okay. You know, be open.
1: Yeah. And people, you can live in a place where, of course, dating can be seen as disposable, but you set your terms to where you are not a disposable cup. You are fine China, you know, and you are not (laughs) going to let anyone try to turn you into a Dixie cup. Okay. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep working on yourself. And, you know, if dating and love is the new priority for you, and you're not finding it in New York, if you're not finding it in the certain place you are, of course, girl, hop in that car and drive to Loveland. But it's like, you got to start from what works for you, and and not sacrifice it for anyone.
0: Tiff, this was really great. Thank you so much for coming on Ask a Matchmaker. Follow Tiff uh, on TikTok, on Instagram. Check out our podcast. All of those links are going to be in the episode notes. And thank you for listening to Ask a Matchmaker. If you love what you heard, and you have not already, rate, review, and of course subscribe. You know, let me just say five stars only, please. Okay. <laughs> And if you have a dating or relationship question, visit askamatchmaker.com to submit your 60 second audio question so we can feature you in our next episode. You can also follow me on Instagram at matchmaker maria for more dating and relationship tips. You can also check me out on TikTok at real matchmaker maria where I critique your online dating profiles. That's it for this week. Until then, be lovable and more importantly, be likable. See you next week.